What's up, you guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Let's Just Be Real podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm your host, Marissa Tong. And today I have a very special guest. I'm so happy to have Miss Jalila Jones on the show. Hey, hey, how's it going? So happy doing? to be here. Thank you so much for bringing me to your space. Thank you for coming. So excited for this podcast. Yes, <laughs> welcome. Welcome back to the East Coast. Thank I know you. you were on the Midwest mid for a little bit. <laughs> yep, yep. Just in time in the nick of winter. Girl. Mm-hmm. Well, is it colder? It's colder. Yes, in by Chicago. 20 degrees. Uh, approximately 20 degrees. It varies oh, because hell. they're by Lake Michigan, which has no salt in the water. It's not a sea, it's a lake, which makes everything a little bit colder than our temperatures because we're by the Hudson. Oh, so there's a little bit more no. humidity. So we're talking about Chicago, by the way. Uh, yes. We're going to get into that. But Shout Mr. Yes. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are. Yes. So thank you again. My name is Jalila. I am a fitness movement dance professional. Um, I've been in the game. I've been in the game, girl, (laughs) for about 18 years now. So um, I've been a movement specialist in several parts of the United States simultaneously. I've done some work overseas mm-hmm. in Dubai, in the Middle East, mm-hmm. and in Europe, um, mm-hmm. but happy to make a full circle and make my way back to my home mm-hmm. and back to the East Coast, to the tri-state area. Yes. Yeah. So um, now I'm one of the senior trainers at a company called Pevolve, which focuses on women's health and fitness functional training. Mm-hmm. Um, and simultaneously, I am in the process of launching my own platform. Ooh. It took a long time for me to even get to this space. Yes. Um, I'm nervous, but simultaneously excited mm-hmm. and motivated yeah. to see its success, however it pans out. Yes. So yeah, that's Girl, where Girl, <laughs> this is exciting. And this is the first that I'm hearing of this. Yeah. So this, this is, just in. <laughs> this is amazing. Yeah, yeah we're going to... We'll briefly touch on that too. We'll get yes, a little yes, bit yes. on like how you're now at this point of wanting to launch your own thing. Right. But let's talk about like the roots. I like to give the listeners a little backstory on like how I know my guests Absolutely. and everything like that. So how I met Jalila was actually we were both working for a company called New York Sports Club Correct. at the time. Correct. This was like what, 2014? Uh, girl, I don't remember. <laughs> 2013. It yeah. had to be 2013, 2014 yeah. before. 2014, I moved. 2015, mm-hmm. yep. So I had just started with the company at that time. If you guys know about like fitness uh, instruction or anything like that, like you get on a sub list usually when you Correct. start. Correct. You don't get like a slot. Mm-hmm. You gotta, you know, work for that slot. Mm-hmm. So Jalila had a slot on Wednesdays and she was about to move to Dubai. Correct. And I was offered the spot yes. that she was teaching yes, at. Yes, yes. And I was so nervous. What? Girl, I, like, just started teaching Zumba at that time. Wow. Like, I didn't have really any experience. So I just felt really, like, honored, but also oh. nervous to, like, take your spot. Oh and it was big shoes to fill. Like, yeah. come on now. Let's be real, Julia. Let's be real, okay? But no, for a while, I you were my first on my covered list because I had two girls mm-hmm. that I really liked. And, like, I would ask the members, like, how did you like? How yeah. did you? They loved you. Yeah. Every time I would go, they loved you. So yeah. you were the perfect person and perfect fit to transition in mm-hmm. to teach Zumba. Mm-hmm. And you are an amazing an incredible dancer, but not just a dancer, an instructor. And I said, I always say what makes the difference between an incredible instructor is not just being the talent, but also really wanting the success of the members Mm. who take the class. Mm -hmm. And it seems like you were pushing them and you were also simultaneously motivating them to want to be just as good, if Mm -hmm. not better. Mm -hmm. So I feel like 
once the you comes out of it, that's when you are in that stage as a movement specialist to become an instructor when you want the best for your members. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you had that immediately. They loved you. Thank Mm -hmm. you. And yeah, and then we Mm -hmm. met. I think you came back to visit and then we officially met because we didn't meet at that right. time I this just kind of like came phone in. and email yeah yeah oh my gosh we met and I was like day. oh my god like we're like the same skin tone <laughs> yes. same size like and I took one of your classes mm-hmm. I took mm-hmm. one of your classes at um New York Sports Club yes. it was yes. so f- you were like do you want to do a song I was like I don't remember this. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that I was like no, I do not remember yeah. any of this. You're like, do a song, do yeah. a song. They were so happy to see you. And like, it was amazing. So yeah, oh so God. that's how we met. And then, you know, just following each other over the Come years and seeing yes. like the development. And then, so let's now tap into you moving to Dubai. Oh okay. my gosh, yes. How, why, what inspired you? So um, all my life I've been a dancer. Um, I went to college and studied dance education and global studies. Um, so my mom... Mom, the inspiration, my mom is a dance teacher and a drama teacher. Shout out Miss Odude, those of you who know her. A beautiful woman, <laughs> a classy woman. Um, and my dad was a lawyer. Mm-hmm. So I was either going to go with human rights law or dance mm-hmm. in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, so getting the opportunity to study both global studies and movement led me to a path where I knew I wanted to travel, move and help people. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, my senior year in college, I suffered a really bad injury Mm -hmm. and I was no longer able to perform. And Mm -hmm. I was actually paralyzed. Um, And from my neck to down to my shoulder, I had nerve damage. Yeah, so um, I went through a large mental health struggle because you know, when you lose the opportunity to perform and do your passion, you kind of get lost. And I had no idea, what is my purpose? What is the point of me being here? What do you want me to do? Kind of asking those questions to the universe Mm -hmm. and feeling purposeless. Mm. And so my mom said, you know what, Jalila, why don't you tap into the fitness world? There, I I don't want you to think of the fitness world as just like strength training, weight training, et cetera, et cetera. There's ways to move your body and achieve your fitness goals through movement, through the things you already love. Why don't you try this with me? Mm-hmm. At the time I was going to physical therapy, physical therapy sucked because mm. it's very painful and I just didn't like it. So I went into aqua pilates and my mom also had me go into Zumba classes. Mm-hmm. And for the first time I felt inspired, I felt motivated. I was like, okay, I like this. Let's see what opportunities can flow that are more lucrative and present opportunities for work mm-hmm. in this field. So I immediately got a Zumba uh, certification. And at the time, I was already teaching dance and choreographing and teaching dance cardio, mm-hmm. but I wasn't certified. I was just, I'm a dancer. So mm-hmm. sure, let's, Why not? let's dance right. and give it. Right. So uh, Zumba was the easiest transition, then bar et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So from there, I was working at Equinox. I was working at New York Sports Club. I was working at Chelsea Piers. I mean, I literally was being pulled in and out of the city, New York, New Jersey, just going around teaching. And mm-hmm. I feel like in New York Sports Club in New Jersey, there were so many different New York Sports Club. So I was going yes. from Inglewood to yes. Bayonne to driving here, driving mm-hmm. there. Then I would have to drive into the city. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, where is this going? Right. <laughs> what are we doing here? And we know is for yeah. Trump change yeah. with these companies. Oh. Okay, so we are keeping it very real. It's a, you know. I love that yeah, for us. We get okay. real. We get real here, okay? She's not lying. <laughs> <laughs> 
so basically I started going on Craigslist at the time. I don't even know if that's a popular thing to find jobs now. Is that the way is that the know. way the girlies move? I have no idea. Well, Craig, thank you so much because <laughs> I started going on Craigslist looking for different opportunities because like if you didn't necessarily want to go into casting, into filming, into auditioning for videos, there was like this sub Mm -hmm. uh, Craigslist where you could do like, oh, we need a choreographer for this. We need Mm -hmm. a dance teacher for that. Mm -hmm. Like like an under the books kind of opportunities. Yeah. Uh, so there was an opportunity said, do you do you want to see the world? Something like this. And I was like, yes, I do want to see the world. Are you into dance or do you have a dance background? Mm-hmm. Actually, yes, I do. And then I clicked the link and it was like, would you consider being an instructor overseas uh, as a talent? Uh, because we're seeking talent to come be a trainer for company Physique 57. Okay. I clicked it, sent my resume in. Did not expect to hear anything. Mm -hmm. So this is now September, uh, August 2015. Okay. Okay. I continue to work. I continue to teach bar. I continue to teach Zumba. I continue to teach dance all throughout the tri-state area. Simultaneously dancing for bar mitzvahs. I mean, Mm -hmm. whatever I could do, I was doing it, right? Um, And then all of a sudden I get an email back. Hi, we received your resume. We'd love to have it schedule an interview. So I scheduled an interview. It was via Skype. Mm -hmm. Is Skype still a thing? I don't think so. Oh, my Actually, it has to be for somebody. I mean, for somebody, you know. We scheduled an interview, girls, via Skype. And then they said, okay, we want you to go audition, uh, send a video submission. Okay. So I had my cousin, uh, my two cousins get into a video. We use that small studio in New York Sports Club, yeah. Inglewood, not the main studio, the Pilates studio. Uh-huh. I had someone, one of the trainers film a video yeah. and I taught a six minute bar audition. Several people from around the world auditioned for this position. Mm. Like it, it was, was a only global, one. it was a global audition. Mm. And um, now the next, it was a five part audition. So the next stage was another Skype call. Now I'm on the call with the owner of the mm. Dubai location. We hit it off, mm-hmm. loved her. Mm-hmm. Then uh, she said, we need you to go into the New York office yeah. and try a class so we can get a feel of who you are. Okay. So I auditioned with one of the tra- the one of the lead trainers there, um, interviewed with her. Then I go in for my final audition mm-hmm. and maybe it's the end of September. And they said, we'd like to offer you this position as a full-time trainer working for Physique 57 in Dubai. It was up to, after several auditions, we've decided to hire only two of you. Ooh. The other lady that we're going to hire is from Wales and you will speak to her soon but you have the part I got off the phone I started crying I said thank you God this is everything I could have asked for Mm -hmm. I finally get to go to the Middle East I used to I studied Arabic in college a little bit and in high school so it all kind of it was kismet. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It was all meant to yeah. be. I wanted to leave. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be in one steady place instead of traveling to different places. Doing the most. Yeah. Health benefits, mm-hmm. a, a retirement plan, et cetera, yep. et cetera. Stability, I was like, this yep. is perfect. And I told my mom, hey, mom, I got a job. She said, okay, great. I said, I'm going to Dubai. She said, what are you talking about? <laughs> I handed her the contract. She said, give me a second. She went, she went into the back room and she came back out and... Maybe 28 days later, I moved to the Middle East, wow. October 28th, 2015. Girl, how was that transition? Oh, like, my gosh. And just adapting to the <laughs> A life different there. culture completely. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, it was better than I imagine. Her mm -hmm. shout out to her for that. Better than I imagine. Oh, you know that song? I love it. Better than I imagine. Hey, ooh, hey. Hey, I don't. <laughs> what do y'all know that song? I gotta put on Spotify. It's, 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 it's a romantic song, honey. Okay. So yes. be with somebody when ooh. you listen to it. Have a little ooh. gummy and be like, mm, I like this baby. <laughs> Period. <laughs> you know, little gummy. Anyway, Screaming. just regular gummy, not, you know what I'm talking about. These, these people know what it okay, is, okay? okay. Yeah. Just a gummy. Hopefully do, unless you're a child. We're talking about candy. Wow. Yes, candy. Exactly. <laughs> the good candy. Um, okay, so uh, I, go, I get to Dubai. So I'm reading. I've never been to the Middle East before. Mm -hmm. Never been to Dubai anywhere. And I'm looking like, okay, what's it like living as a woman in mm -hmm. Dubai? I did read that it's very safe, but it's also extremely um, conservative. So mm -hmm. take precaution um, as far as dress code in public spaces, mm. like a mall or, mm. a ch or a mosque or anywhere. They do want your shoulders to be covered. Mm -hmm. They do want your clothes below the knee, mm. right? Mm -hmm. um, and just to take precautionary measures because it's 90% expat in Dubai. Mm. So a little clarity, there are seven states in Dubai um, the country is the United Arab Emirates. Um, inclusive in those states are is Abu Dhabi, Alain, Rasselheimer. Dubai is one of them. And Dubai is the main city, um, but not the capital. Mm. The capital is Abu Dhabi. Okay. Okay. Dubai is the main state slash city, and it's about 90% expat. So people from around the world mm -hmm. live in Dubai mm. and maybe 10% local mm -hmm. um, of Emirati yeah. people. So because there's so many different cultures and so many different people from around the world, mm -hmm. they just ask you to be precautious and respectful, respectful. of yeah. everyone's religion, mm -hmm. background, right. and upbringing. Mm -hmm. So um, when I got there, it was much more liberal than what I Expected. had prepared for. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, that being said, uh, the rules are in place to provide safety and to encourage people because it's still a travel city. Like it's mm -hmm. a, they make the, a lot of their money based off of like people coming in, visiting. It's mm -hmm. a visitation city. Mm -hmm. uh, visitation city. I don't even think that's the right word. <laughs> <laughs> a visitation like city, a like in jail. It's a visitation city, girl. It's a visitation <laughs> city. People, you get your visitation rights. Period. <laughs> no, it has it's tourist, yeah. tourist, tourist, <laughs> like a tourist landmark. A okay, tourist spot. Y'all, I've been yeah. up since about five. You know what she means. Bear with me. Y'all know what it okay. is. <laughs> they attract tourism, and that is how they make the majority of their money. Right. Okay. So. Mm -hmm. Getting there, I made so many friends. I was really one of the only Americans there. Wow. So I was able to make friends from around the world, mm -hmm. which is probably the best gift mm -hmm. I could have got from being there. Yeah. Also working with women mm -hmm. um, and solely working with women, I was able to really find my passion and my my love and my calling, mm -hmm. working with women from all different backgrounds, from all different places around the world, watching women come in with their bias, taking their clothes off, and now they're in fitness gear like mm -hmm. me, providing a safe space for women to achieve their goals. Mm -hmm. And um, this was like, for me, where I knew I was supposed to be. Mm -hmm. For the first time, I saw a street name named Jalila. 
Oh, right? Because my name is Arabic. Arabic the princess yeah. of um, wow. the United Arab Emirates, her name is Jalila. That's amazing. Yeah. So I was there for about five years. Yeah. It was an incredible experience. I highly recommend traveling to everybody mm -hmm. so that they can get an idea of several different cultures. And, yeah. You know, I grew a lot. Yeah. I became an adult there. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I love that. And what were some challenges that you faced, right? Like going there, obviously like small culture shock, right? But you said it was more liberal. So maybe less culture shock, mm -hmm. more like, okay, I could do this, right? Mm -hmm. Not too bad. But what were some other challenges that you faced? That's like, a great question. Mm -hmm. Especially being a black woman. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's a great question. Yeah. Um, so law enforcement is my skin tone. So I don't really know if I faced a lot of challenges with law enforcement. Mm -hmm. And if we are being very frank, you're not allowed to live with a partner no, unless you guys are married. Got it. Right. At the time, I think they've changed that. Yeah. Um, so one of the challenges I faced, I dealt with physical abuse of mm -hmm. a partner mm -hmm. and I didn't have anyone to report to because I would have got in trouble mm. if um, I reported like, wow. hey, I'm living with this person and this person has put their hands on wow. me and I don't know what to do. Yeah, so they yeah. would have said, well, are you living with them? Yeah. And so that was a challenge. Language barrier mm -hmm. was definitely a challenge. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't mean to just cut so deep and just be like, yes, this mm -hmm. happened. <laughs> um, and then also everyone leaves their door open. It's just a thing. Every, like open, open or unlocked? Unlocked. Okay. Unlocked. How do you know that though? Like everyone, people just I mean, tell you or everyone, like? All my friends are like, yeah, I don't lock my door. And frequently you have a live-in situation where you're in this penthouse kind of apartment, mm -hmm. but four other people live in the apartment space. So you are all renting a room mm. and share the same um, community spaces Got it. Um, until you live on your own. So that takes a little bit of time. So the yeah. first couple of years, that was my situation. Mm -hmm. So we always leave that front door unlocked. You can lock your bedroom wow. door. That's interesting. One time a man was delivering food to me mm -hmm. and walked into my uh, one, two AM walked into my apartment, walked into my room, pulled the blankets back, took my, sorry, I don't mean to touch you, but took my sweater to kind of like, wake me up and I, I woke up and I, you know, that kind of fear where you're frozen. No. I almost like, I would have had a heart confident. attack. Yeah. Uh huh. And so then he said, ma'am, ma'am, your delivery. Your delivery. Oh he was as scared as I was. Yeah. But what was uncomfortable about it is that once I got out the bed, he stood there and watched me. He didn't leave once he saw I got up. And so he was, I feel like being, inappropriate and looking what at me inappropriately. Freak? A lot of other challenges I've had, <laughs> the main challenges I've had were with men. Yeah, and, yeah. And not Emirati men, mm -hmm. the expat men wow. and their entitlement and treatment of, of me. Mm. I feel like I've been in instances where I've been touched in a way I don't want to be touched mm. and there was no appropriate mm -hmm. action. Mm -hmm. And before I speak, People often think I'm not American. They think mm. I'm from Africa. either North Africa mm -hmm. or West Africa. Yeah. So because the, it's not necessarily the power of your skin tone, it's more the power of your passport. Mm. So if they think that I come from a country that doesn't have a high GDP or is 
you know, more impoverished, Mm -hmm. um, they will treat me disrespectfully. Mm. So I found that that was frequently a problem. Yeah. Um, Until they knew you were American. Yeah, until they knew or until they heard my voice. Mm -hmm. Um, So um, one of my first months there, an Egyptian man grabbed my butt in the middle of a bar. And he was like, what? I thought you would like that. Wow. Um, Taking the assumption that I was some sort of a prostitute. There is... There's unfortunately prostitution mm-hmm. in Dubai, mm-hmm. and um, and they're all racist, by the way. But yeah. you're just disrespected, and I find I found the most disrespect to come from other expats from other countries, never from Emirates. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's crazy, mm-hmm. and that makes so much sense. So I had had a layover in Dubai. I was going to Bali recently in November. So I had stayed there. It was like a 10 hour layover. So I just got a hotel. I was like, cool, let me just, you know, see what's out there. Um, and I just got really weird vibes yeah. from the men there. Yeah. Like it was really strange. Like the taxi drivers didn't talk to me. Yeah. There was no type of interaction with that. Like, I just felt like, you know, like it was strange. Sure. It was For definitely sure. strange. So it's just interesting to hear that now from like your perspective to kind of see where, okay, it might be that, you know, never acceptable, definitely never acceptable, but you know, different country, different, different things. And, and once you start living there, I made sure I became friends with like security Mm -hmm. or the, or, and like, they are like, like some of the guys are from Cameroon or from Senegal and they'd be like, my African sister, my sister, anything that happens to you, let me Uh know. And these were like, Brolic men. So yeah, yeah. whenever anything would occur, because I kept now that I live there, I would go to the same places. Yeah. If something like that occurred, eventually it got to a place where because they know me, I was protected. Mm-hmm. But initially, once you don't when you don't speak, no one knows who you are. You're mm-hmm. just a girl. You look like the rest of anybody. They're gonna treat you a certain way. But once you start to say, I live here, I'm an expat, mm-hmm. I'm from New York, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. This man touched me. Now it's a whole nother different. Yeah. It's a completely different outcome. Resolution. Wow. Yeah. Wow. But I've had that instance, unfortunately, several times. I'm sorry that happened to you, Thank girl. Thank you. Crazy, 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 crazy. Yeah. My challenges, I would say, would be with the opposite sex, mm-hmm. not from Dubai. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So now let's talk about you were living in Dubai, right? You were there for five years, living your best life, like, you know, my best life. living your best life with these small challenges, you know. And then we see that you're diagnosed with breast cancer. Right. Yes, we did. All your people here, (laughs) you know. Yes. Yes, we did. Um, Yeah. So that one's an interesting story. In about in 2019, um, the how of how it happened was um, I was in my house and I started to feel these really sharp pains in my breast. Um, I already have like cystic breasts or what they call fibroidenomas, which are very similar to cysts, but are benign, but are painful. Mm. And the difference between a tumor and a fibroidenoma is that fibroidenomas are known to be painful, but tumors are known to be silent and painless, right? It's the silent killer. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point where when I was taking a shower, there would be water, whenever water would touch my breast, it would like burn and hurt. So I said, okay, this is weird. And this has been consistent for about 10 days now. Let me go to the doctor just to get checked up to see what this could possibly be. Mm -hmm. I went to see the OBGYN. She started to feel around my breast. She said, yeah, you're feeling a little lumpy, but at your age, it's totally fine. Mm. Um, And usually 
it's a good sign because pain represents cysts or fibroadenomas. They do not represent tumors. But mm. she said, let's go get a sonogram, mm -hmm. ma um, mammogram in the interim, and then possibly an MRI just to make sure. So for you and I, we both know yeah. that you're okay. Yeah. And how old were you at this time? 32. 32. 2019, 32. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I'm now 28. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> I'm screaming. Honestly, you can age backwards. Okay. I, be, I be trying Period. to tell y'all on this Period. show. You really can. So many people, I know, you are aging backwards, by the way. Thank I you. literally saw you today. I was like, wow, she's so beautiful. I walked Stop. in. No, I'm not So joking. are you. I was like, Stop yes, girl, it. go off. I said, I And girl, you, you look like you're 25. <laughs> like, come you. on now. Thank you. Let's be real. I don't real. know what that is, but I was like, <laughs> when I walked in, I was like, dang, I haven't seen her in a while. She looks good. Thank you. And body is right. Thank you, honey. I hope I didn't yell into Austin, <laughs> but you're looking good. <laughs> Thank you. So, okay, yeah. Uh, so I go to get the sonogram. And at first, my OBGYN was a female. Mm -hmm. My sonogram technician was also a female. Okay. This was this was great. We were onto something. So yeah. I'm into it. I'm in another town. By the way, note we are in the Middle East and this is happening. So you can only imagine. Mm -hmm. So yeah. <laughs> I'm now in another urgent care where I'm getting a sonogram. She's like, okay, yeah. Um, we're just it's just a cyst. Um, there's a couple cysts on the outside of your breast, and then she continues to go down with that little probe on my breast and she said uh oh that's a little weird this one's not looking like a cyst mm -hmm. um and she said let me zoom in let mm -hmm. me zoom in mm -hmm. um i think we're gonna have to send you for an mri because i'm not liking the way this little lump is looking most cysts or most fibroids have this smooth oval shape mm. tumors mm -hmm. present like this squiggly kind of popcorn yeah off inconsistent round shape yeah and she said i do see one of your lumps looking a little squiggly the, the word she used specifically squiggly. was squiggly mm -hmm. and we there's a language and accent barrier so mm. she's trying to find the word that I would most relate to. Yeah. So that's why she said okay. squiggly. Go in for, she said, let's send you in for an MRI, and, but I'm going to rate you on the um, scale of zero to six on BRADS, which is the likelihood of it being a tumorous cancer, mm. cancerous tumor, four. Mm. Four means that there's now a 20% chance that that tumor that they found in mm -hmm. your uh, breast is cancerous mm. and it's called a BRAD scale. Mm. I don't know what the acronym stands for. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm just trying to educate y'all just a yes, little bit. Yes, <laughs> no, people need this. People going. need this education. <laughs> so um, I go in for my emergency MRI mm -hmm. and then I get a call right before I'm getting ready to teach my class at Physique 57 from my, from my OBGYN. And she said, now that you've taken your MRI, you have now gone up to level five on the BRAD scale. So now the tumor is a 90% chance of being cancerous. We need to send you in for a surgical biopsy. Mm. So now I had to find a hospital. I had, and, and I've been on the phone with my mom about this. Yeah. Um, so now my mom's getting ready to December, this is early December, fly out mm -hmm. to come be with me for my first surgery. I've never had surgery in my life, even with my nerve mm -hmm. damage injury. Yeah. I've never had a surgery. She flies out and now we meet an Egyptian doctor named Dr. Najla, who was lovely. Um, but 
I have no idea how this process is going to go. Right. Again, I've never had surgery. I've never had been sick like right. this before. Right. And now I know I have a 90% chance that there is a tumor inside of me that could possibly be cancer. They, The doctors and the nurses are still very positive, like, it's not cancer. Mm -hmm. I'm like, we're just going to sample this tumor, mm -hmm. but we get this all the time. People have to do biopsies all the time. Mm -hmm. I, it's not cancer. You have nothing to worry about. Do you think they were going based on like your age and health? Correct. Status Correct. and all of that? Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. 1000%. Yeah. And the fact that I had fibroidenomas in my breast already. Okay. They're thinking this is just an off looking fibroidenoma. Mm -hmm. No history of breast cancer in my family. Mm -hmm. So... Okay, we're going in for this biopsy, which I don't think is going to be anything. They're saying you're going to be awake for it. Girl, they put me on a little stretcher and they had me put my arms over my head and they told my mom, hold her arms down. Ooh. Dr. Najla comes in with a needle that she puts right around my areola. Ooh. And she's like, okay, this is going to numb everything. I... But just to watch it happen, yeah, yeah. I feel like I should have been sedated a little Ooh. bit. I was, heart was pounding. Uh, she's like, okay, we're going to put this this into, um, you will feel no pain. It will numb the breast. Then mm -hmm. we're going to put another one in. Yeah. Then you see this vacuum looking, looks like saw tools, girl, like from the movie <laughs> Saw, like right on the side. You see her, okay, now we're going to cut, no. like under, right underneath the breast. So they, they took an incision, they cut like half an inch mm -hmm. underneath my breast and they took this little tube okay you know that you know when you go to the dentist and that tube where they're the sucking yes it's like cylinder super uh -huh. small real thin yes not yes. a lot of girth yeah yeah you know what i'm talking about wow <laughs> so they put that inside of my breast uh-huh and i'm just watching everything go in but i did she's right i didn't feel too much pain yeah i did feel a little bit of pain maybe four out of ten yeah but I felt more pressure. Mm. Um, I saw them pull out a piece of the tumor and she said, okay, we're going to put this in the, in the bag, go get it tested. But trust me, you're fine. Mm -hmm. And they wrapped my breast up. Mm -hmm. So, uh, put the visible stitches mm -hmm. back on mm -hmm. and I went about my day a week later, December 17th. I'm now in the on oncology part of the hospital. And, and I already had an intuitive feeling yeah. something was wrong from the moment I felt pain. Because your no body knows. What, yeah. And no matter what anyone was telling me, you know, you're fine or like kind of pacifying me or kind of like trying to stay positive because they're in denial. Yeah. I knew yeah. from the jump yeah. something was wrong and yeah. that it's most likely cancer. Mm -hmm. And it, and I'm not a morbid, mm -hmm. negative person. Yeah. And I'm not at yeah. all. I'm actually pretty positive. And I knew that whatever it was, because I was in a very spiritual state at the time, mm -hmm. I was gonna be fine. Yeah. And and that's kind of how I led that journey. So mm -hmm. anyway, December 17th comes, now I'm in the oncology department with all of the surgeons and now we're with the male doctors. Mm -hmm. And um, my first doctor said, you already know, right? That's how he said it. Wow. You already know. Like, you know, you already know what I'm gonna tell you. I said, yeah. Wow. He's like, so you do have cancer, wow. stage two, grade two. Um, ductal carcinoma with lobular features. So there are several types of cancer. I'm not gonna tell you all the types, mm -hmm. but lobular is one of the most rare types. Wow. It's rare and it usually happens to women who are over 65. Okay. So initially I was diagnosed with lobular cancer. Uh -huh. After they've done more testing, I what had ductal cancer, ductal carcinoma 
with lobular features. Okay. Stage two is two out of four. Mm-hmm. Four meaning where cancer has now spread outside of the breast to the rest of your body. Stage two, it was just getting ready to reach underneath my arm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then moving at a moderate pace. So it could move quickly, it could move moderately, mm-hmm. it could move slowly. Mm-hmm. This cancer was moving at a 30% speed. Wow. And then it was hormonal. So it was positive in progesterone and estrogen. Mm. And their next steps were surgery, possible chemo, radiation, and then hormonal suppressant pills. Mm. Okay, so after that diagnosis, that's when I took to social media because Mm -hmm. I was feeling extremely isolated. Mm -hmm. Again, a lot of my trials living in Dubai was with gender, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I didn't feel like I had, this was a topic I could talk about. Yeah. Overwhelming. All the process, we're gonna do this to you and this to you and this to you. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, I talked to my mom. My mom's like, are you sure you don't want to go back to the States and take get take care of this? Mm-hmm. Um, and we didn't know my health care rights going back to the States. Mm-hmm. I didn't have health care. My health care was only for the United Arab Emirates. Um, I didn't know if I would be able to get coverage in time for all of these things. And they're saying you need the surgery now because of mm-hmm. how fast the cancer is mm-hmm. moving. Mm-hmm. So I said, OK, we're here, mom. We're going to have to just stay here and do this. Mm-hmm. So my scheduled date was for January 21st, and I went in for surgery. It was a five-hour surgery. Mm -hmm. Right before the week of the surgery, Mm -hmm. they also found benign tumors in my uterus. Wow. So they said, not only are we going to do a lumpectomy, which is not a mastectomy where they remove the entire breast, a lumpectomy, they move They remove a percentage of your breast covering the area where the tumor was. But we're going to do a meomectomy. A meomectomy is when they go through your belly button to remove tumors around your uterus. Mm. Um, And I had cysts, benign cysts, as Mm -hmm. they're called, Mm -hmm. around my uterus. Mm -hmm. And then the last thing surgery I had was called a sentinel lymph node biopsy. So that test how far the cancer has spread, if it's spread underneath your arm or to other areas in your body. Thankfully, that was negative. They were able to remove the tumor. They were able to remove the tumors from my uterus. It was a five-hour surgery. Um, And then I was in the hospital for about five days after. Mm -hmm. I couldn't walk. Mm -hmm. Um, I had stitches from underneath my arm all the way to my left nipple, and I lost 40% of my breast. So the recovery was quite challenging and it happened to be on the side that I injured myself in college. So I really had a lot of restrictions and limitations when it came to movement of my arm. I couldn't raise my arm over my head. I really couldn't do much of anything. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I was really grateful that my mom was there. And obviously right before radiation started in March, do you remember what happened in 2020? The freaking shutdown. COVID. Yeah. Yep. So that's when I remember seeing your post. Yeah. yeah. So um, I was living in Dubai. My mom got stuck in Dubai because they shut down the airports. Wow. So she couldn't get back home. And she was worried about my brother and my wow. family. She was like, how am I going to get home? But she wound up staying with me in Dubai from December to the end of June mm-hmm. because of all of the restrictions with the airport, COVID, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. Mm-hmm. My radiation got pushed back to um, April, and I did about 19 rounds of radiation. Mm -hmm. And I would have to drive to Abu Dhabi, Mm -hmm. which is about an hour and a half away, every day to get radiation. Mm -hmm. Radiation, they basically, like, radiate 
the area where the tumor was. So even though it's painless, the act of the radiation, it starts to become irritating. Once I completed my rounds of radiation, then I was placed on hormone suppressants, which I decided voluntarily to stop because I still have an intention of getting married and yes. having kids yes. one day. Yes. If that comes, if the Lord blesses it me will. with that. It will. Thank you. Amen. Manifest it, boo. Manifest it. Mm -hmm. We're saying it, it mm -hmm. has already happened. It's already Period. in my yep. purpose and plan. Already in the stars. Wherever you are, you are late. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're late. <laughs> Um, anyway, so, uh, I really was intentional about sharing my journey on social media. I got great feedback from, and support, mm -hmm. um, globally. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's kind of how I started to build my following based off of my health. And, mm -hmm. and I always remind myself, don't forget how this all started. It wasn't necessarily because of everything I was doing with fitness, although that was a part that of it. Too, though, that was girl. a big That's part true. of it, yeah, for yes. sure. But I feel like the majority of my growth mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. Instagram mm -hmm. came from my vulnerability yeah. and my realness. Because, you know, we will put on hair and makeup, the whole works to get on Instagram. Mm -hmm. But I noticed that when it came to conversation, retention, and just people coming to my page, mm -hmm. it was more because I kept it real. Yes. Like, look, this is what I'm going through, mm -hmm. and I'm gonna troop through it, I'm gonna survive, and I'm gonna keep my faith mm -hmm. and remain positive. So um, I'm blessed for everything that has transpired post that year mm -hmm. in cancer. And now I'm officially going on my fourth year in remission. Uh, you can officially say you're in remission after five years yeah. if the cancer doesn't return. Yeah. So one more year to go. Yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. girl. Mm -hmm. This is, and this is all part of your story. You know, that's the beautiful thing. Like, and sometimes, you know, obviously when you're in it, I'm sure you don't see it as that way. Like this For is sure. gonna be something bigger. Or this is gonna, I'm gonna come out on the other side of this and this is gonna happen, right? But you're exactly where you need to be, 1, right? 000%. Exactly where you need to be. You went through that. And I do, I'm a true believer that God sends us challenges and tests in our life, you know, that can sometimes break us, right. but because you're such a strong woman, also having the support of your mom right. is a beautiful thing, Amen. you Thank know? You, so <laughs> just be grateful, you know, and I know you are, but like, let's just take a minute to be grateful for like- just Totally grateful. Everything, you I'm know, grateful. everything. I, I always say walk in gratitude and watch more blessings flow. Mm -hmm. Like the more you are grateful to the universe or whoever you pray to and talk to, the more they wanna give you things. Mm -hmm. So constantly walk in that light. And from there, there's many instances that I've struggled with my own personal mental health and purpose, but I always try and take myself back to that girl mm -hmm. because that, that person that was going through that journey is someone I admire and it might have been and is one of the proudest moments of my life that I was proud of me mm -hmm. for how I handled cancer mm -hmm. and how I handled that moment in my life. I was able to work out all the time, meditate daily, mm -hmm. journal daily, mm -hmm. encouraged others to journal daily. I would always write things I was grateful for every day. I wasn't really an angry person mm -hmm. going through this journey. And I think that God just protected me. The universe just protected me. And I kept saying, God, use me however you need to use me mm -hmm. and help me help others, even though 
you know, as you help me, help mm-hmm. me help others. Yes. Help me with my purpose. Mm-hmm. And God did that. Mm-hmm. And I am very grateful to to see who I became during that journey. And frequently when I'm discouraged or I'm going through a trial, I always remember, remember that girl. Yeah. That fighter. Yes. That positive light that was able to inspire while going through something challenging. Absolutely. Ugh. This whole thing. I hope you guys like made it to the end here because first of all, we're definitely going to have a part two. Jaleen is going to be back on the show. We're going to have part two because we have so much more to talk about. Yes. Like we literally have never like done this where yes, we sat down and talked. True, so it's true. We have so much to talk about. Um, but Jaleela, I just want to express like my gratitude for you for coming oh, on the show you. and thank sharing you your story and being Seriously. vulnerable. For real. Thank like, you so much. Thank you so much. If you guys are watching the show, please follow Jaleela. Tell them where they can find you. Yes, um, you can find me on Instagram at Jalila Jones. You could take class with me. I teach Zoom classes so I can connect with people all over the United States and the world. Just shoot me a DM expressing your interest. I also teach in New York City at uh, Pvolve New York and Soho. And we'll soon be teaching in New Jersey, so look out for that. But check me out at Jalila Jones. No spaces. J-A-L-I-L-A J-O. Mrs. Mrs. Jones. Yes. Ooh. Come Did on, that no. sound good? Come I on, no. No way. <laughs> no way. <laughs> but thank you. I, we'll thank see you when girl. we run it back. We'll see when we run it back. Yeah. But yeah, follow her on Instagram. We'll also link it in the show notes. And if you guys are listening on Spotify or Apple, make sure you rate and review the podcast, preferably five stars. Thank okay. you. And if you guys are on YouTube, make sure you hit that like button. Subscribe to this channel. Drop a comment. Let us know what stuck with you the most in this conversation. Like, what were you inspired by what stood out to you let us know and we'll see you guys on the next episode thank you so much thank you boo bye bye Bye. Bye, (laughs) y'all hello testing one two three test test (laughs) test 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 (laughs) test